Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With Alan and Daniel, we'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. Everyone come gather around, listen to your favorite sound. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We'll talk the games and all the rest, about the team that we love best. We'll talk about the Cardinals all night long. We're going to talk about the Cardinals all night long. Good morning and welcome into another edition of Meet Me at Mutual. I'm your host, Daniel Shopdell, C70 at the Bat, at C70 on Twitter. With me, as always, Alan Medlock. A Medlock one on the Twitter. Alan, back from his Hawaii trip. Um, I think most likely not happy to be here compared to that. But Alan, we are glad to have you back, even if you'd rather maybe still be out on the islands. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's yeah. I'm glad to be back. I mean, it's a uh, it's quite the change, and we enjoyed this year just a slightly more than we did last <laughs> year for some extenuating circumstances. But no, I'm glad to be back. And trust me, I followed just about every game. It, the beauty of it being on island time is you're watching the games at eight in the morning sometimes, mm-hmm. and that was uh, that. That's right up my alley. If you you anybody that was me, so the uh, so it was it was pretty exciting though. The uh, you know the results didn't change much, and and a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today, I kind of anticipated some of that may start happening while I was gone, but 
you know, I think they're waiting to the last minute. But yeah, before we get into all that, I, I'm glad to be back. Well, yeah, that's it's good. And so, yeah, let's let's dive into this. But let's we've got to talk about a lot of trade stuff and, and all this stuff. But I think the first thing we've got to talk about is a story that should have been nothing, probably is nothing, but it's becoming a whole big something. And that is this idea that Nolan Arenado is going to get traded to the Dodgers. Um, I don't see any logical reason for this to happen. I don't see any real baseball reason for this stuff. The way the Cardinals do this things. I mean, this is the kind of story that you see on a team that is planning to be bad for a while or has been bad for a while, or this is just the kind of thing you see on a normal fire sale, but the Cardinals aren't necessarily having a fire sale, right? But Cardinals are doing a really, really, really bad job of being clear on this. Um, And I know it's this whole organizational policy of trying not to comment on things, but leaving Nolan Arenado out kind of out in the wind um, is ridiculous to me. Uh, yeah. I mean, this, and I can go a bunch of different directions on this one and it's, it has really blown me away. So it, I thought Ghoul had a great line in yesterday's write up in the post dispatch where he was given all the, he was given up to date information of everything he knows so far, the rumors, the roundups and, things that he had heard substantiated mm-hmm. and may not happen. And in his line, he said, so this is how the other half lives. Yeah. But, and that was right after the context was all these rumors are coming out of nowhere. And I'm sure that, that has had this his whole career, you know, with being on with being in the Rockies organization and had this happen through and through. The worst part about this to me is that somebody is just, is feeding false information somewhere. And at this point, I'm really worried. It's not the Cardinals. Because I, are they not coming out and putting their foot in the, digging their toes in the sand and saying, hey, this is not, this isn't going to happen because there's a chance it does. Um, The reason I say that is they're going to have to move the needle a little bit to get some things that they feel like they're going to have to get in. That's going to be pitching and bond pitching like that Mo has said. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's dumb to, 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 switch a cornerstone guy. I felt like you had a great line of if Nolan was happy here, he just so happened to have something in his contract where he could have looked at other places last year and chose mm-hmm. not, which makes me think that no, it's probably not going to happen. But I, from the sources who are, who are, who are fairly or credible, as far as I know, to say the things that they've said concerns me that the Cardinals haven't come out and said, no, we're going to be good next year. We're going to improve where we need to with these guys. The fact that they haven't said that and shown support for him does give me a little bit of pause to think that this, you know, to, to completely say this is completely absurd of this trade coming down. Yeah. I mean, there is that for sure. Um, that being said, you know, remember when they got Nolan Arnauto two days before him, they said Matt Carpenter's our third baseman. So, you know, they that's that wasn't, hey, we're not doing it, but it was at least fairly, you know, seemed to be fairly clear. Um, they've not even necessarily done that. Um I don't I, I don't get it at all. You're right. Yeah. I, I mean Katie no, yeah. came out and said, Yes, they've had, you know, those preliminary talks, which they you know, that happens, right? I mean, we saw that uh 
people were sending uh, trade offers to the the angels for Shohei Otani, even though the angels weren't necessarily wanting to trade him. So, you know, it can be that kind of thing. Okay. Well, if Nolan was available, what are we talking about? Um, Maybe that preliminary thing struck some interest in the Cardinals. I don't know, but I, I have trouble believing it, that I have trouble believing that an organization that spent three or four years trying to get Nolan Arenado here um, wants to now cut bait, uh, especially since it's all the same people, right? I mean, if it was a different front office that had, that did acquired Mo, then maybe you would say, okay, or uh, acquired Mo. Yeah. Oh, same thing. Yeah. Acquired Nolan. Maybe you could say that, but, you know, it's the same people that spent that time. And Nolan spent so much time trying to get here. And yeah. like we said, he had the opt-out. I mean, this this whole thing should be a nothing burger, if, if, to use the phrase. Yeah. And, and yet, because the front office has not been very clear with this stuff, and, you know, I know Tara, well, now Nichols, and I have often said how bad the, the communication of this front office is with the players with anything and and winning covers that right i mean if you're winning it's frustrating but it's not deal breaking um but when you've got a situation like this if you're not communicating with your player um which kind of halfway sounds like you're not um it, and i know sure the front office is busy right now take five minutes and call nolan arenado i mean that's you know that's important um but yeah i, I don't know i mean there have been a lot of times where people have gone after the front office and gone after Mo and, and said this, we need, you know, needs to be done. And Mo's record has kind of insulated him from that, which is fair. I think, cause I mean, the process has worked, but trading Nolan Arenado would not be that process. And if that's even a consideration, I mean, turn the whole thing over because this is ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, how deep does it go? Um, Mm -hmm. The, uh, and I, and I, I don't know if you feel the same way. And I, I feel like the, the public, the public, uh, I don't know how to say it. The, the, uh, well, let's just say, I think that I, I feel like people have, have kind of wanted this to happen to see out of to see, see how arrogant he is mm. and it's the backlash and everything of the, and I'm talking about Mo right. of to see that maybe I think there's some people that are glad to see the failure a little bit just because it's like, see, we haven't done it for any, done anything for five years. It's going to blow up on you. We've been selling, mm-hmm. telling you that. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of that. Um, I truly believe this, and this isn't drinking the Kool-Aid. I think they have a chance to compete next year, but that's with the rock. That's with the cornerstones they have. And the additions that they have said openly that they're going to make things that they haven't done in the past and kind of acting a little bit out of desperation on this. So I I understand where you're coming from. You're just like, if, if, if this is the move you're going to make, I would move both corners and then I would let the young guys start playing. And then let's, then let's figure this out. And then if you're going to spend the money, let's spend it. Um, It uh, doesn't make a lot of sense. You know, I would really like for them to come out and, and show some support on this. Because I think they're the they're the major league baseball whipping boys right now, and I think a lot of that comes from the fact that the arrogance of the organization, and, and we're part of that. I mean, there's no, and we've perpetuated it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I think people have wanted to see them fail, 
And I think that, that they're not getting out of their own way right now. And they may just be not, not, not be very good at being in this position. Well, it, it it feels definitely that they're the experience factor of not being good is is um, is not there, and it seems to be it seems to be very clear. You're right. If you're I, if we're having this whole discussion about Paul Goldschmidt, then I'm like, okay, we don't need to trade Paul Goldschmidt. I have said that a number of times, but at least I could understand what the Cardinals were doing, and I could you could I think you could make a case that you could be just as good next year without. Goldie, um, because you can at move, thirty-seven. I agree. No, you, I agree. Yeah, with you, that. you move Jordan yeah. Walker to first, and you hope for one hundred percent. Yeah, you can make the. I think you're better with him, but you can make the case that you're not. Um, yeah, no, completely agree with that. That's yeah. and that was that. Whenever and not to cut you off, but yeah. even when the rumors of him being traded started, you could kind of see a, a maybe an inkling of that being true, but not this side of it. Right. I, I agree with you completely. Right. Sorry to cut you off. No, that. no. I mean, you're right. I mean, if you're trading Nolan Arnato, that's his fire sale. I mean, and then yeah. trade Goldschmidt, you know, trade every everything that's not locked down and start over. Because, yes, you could cover Nolan. If you had Goldie at first, you, you know, maybe you put Gorman at, at third next year and um, and maybe, but you, it's just not, you're not going to be able to cover because you look, this offense is good, but it's got all these pieces in it right now. You take a huge piece out of this and you're not going to be able to make that up. And I know the pitching would be better in theory, but you're looking at at least one or two years of, you're not competing next year. I don't think no. if you trade Nolan Arnold. No. Um, at least, I mean, the Reds are on the, on the climb. The Brewers are still good. And, you know, that's just, and the Cubs are, well, the Cubs right now. I mean, they're, they're, if we'll see what they do and what they do this winter, but there's, they're going to be a threat. So there's no yeah. guarantees that even if you, bring this lineup back and you bring in new pitching that you're going to be a favorite for the division. Um, but you don't have Nolan Arnauto and you just, you write that off. So I don't, I think I would like to, I'm getting to the point and, and you know how far this, you know how bad this is getting when you see it here that I'm getting to this point, but I think that (laughs) it would not be a bad thing. I don't know. I know that Mo signed his extension, um, I don't think it would be a bad thing at the end of this year if he said, I'm going to move on from the day to day and we're going to turn this over. And, you know, I'm going to these last whatever. I don't really have two more years on his contract, I guess. The last two years, I'm, I'm really just going to be, in a, you know, front office, you know, front office uh, resource or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But. You know, Randy Flores has taken over the the day to day, or Michael Gersh. I wonder about that. Which, well, uh, and that's that's that. where I was going with that. So yeah, yeah that, that I completely agree. Um, but I do think that you know I appreciate what Mo's done, and I don't. And again, I I don't really think that they're going to move Nolan Arenado, but I do think I think it's clear enough that you come out and say we're not moving Nolan Arenado, and if for some reason you have to go back on that okay, whatever. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think it hurts your credibility anymore to come out and say, we're not trading Nolan Arenado and then be able to say, well, we just got overwhelmed and we couldn't, we could not legitimately turn that offer down Yeah. versus what they're doing now, which is just kind of not answering questions. Yeah. And leaving Nolan out there to answer all these these questions. Now, again, I, I just, I'm still amazed that this has blown up into such a story, but 
it's the it's you know it was like the angels kept saying they're not going to trade Shohei they're not going to trade Shohei and people kept writing that they're going to trade Shohei or they should trade Shohei or whatever and you know now that they finally have you know come out and said they're not doing that and then been active to add in pieces you don't hear that because everybody's now turned that focus to to Nolan Arenado um like he said you know one way or another it's over on Tuesday um but it's it's frustrating that and that's part of I don't want to say it's a part of needing because there's something here, but some of that is, you know, it's driven by the fact that this is a story and we can get a whole lot of people talking about it. Uh, sure. So you, yeah. the minute LA was brought up, I knew that I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be, yeah. uh, you know, it's a show and I better not say what kind of show it was going to be. Since <laughs> we have <young> men. <laughs> yeah, that's probably fair. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's a stain on, this organization, the way this has been treated. Um, and unfortunately not the first time we've seen, you know, the organization be less than clear in communicating with either their players or the media. Um, again, you don't go out there and, you know, show your whole hand, but there are ways to do this. And I don't think that Mo is doing a very good job of it. Sure. Uh, sure. And, you know, I mean, Apparently, Mo was supposed to have a press conference out in Arizona this week. He didn't do that. Um, he obviously wasn't available at the beginning of this homestand to talk. Um, and and I get. I mean, this is. I mean, they're working the phones. They're doing a lot of different things, and we're going to talk about those here in a minute. But it, it does feel like you know, put this to rest. Come out and say, you know, hey, unless unless we see something that we just have no choice but to listen to we're not, we're not doing this. Um, and I mean, I will say that Nolan could say, Hey, I'm not using my trade, no trade. I'm not doing that. No matter. And he hasn't done that. Um, that being said, you know, that, you know, I think that's some of, some of both sides there. I, I mean, uh, some of that is, you know, you, you take care of me. I don't have to take you. If you're not going to take care of me, why do I want to be here to some degree? And so, um, and I know LA is like the one place in theory that he would like to go. Cause he's from there. But yeah. you know, I also think, you know, no, Arnaldo wants to win LA wins, which is a good thing, but um, he, I think he really wants to win here. I mean, he, he wants to be here and yes, this is a bad year, but this isn't an organization like Pittsburgh that doesn't look, doesn't have a good year on the horizon. I mean, you look at the talent that the club has and, and what, if they can just, you know, add to it, it's going to be good pretty soon. So I don't know. Uh, I'm, I think I'm running out of ways to say this. No, 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 no. It's, I, I know I completely agree with you. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, very strange situation. And honestly, last night, I, it, it was one of those you almost expected it to get put to bed last night, and it may have even picked up steam. Yeah, just about the way that it was handled, and I'm like, or not handled, right. honestly. The uh, yeah, and I mean, it, it it's it's a black eye right now. I mean, you could really tell that they're getting whipped, and they're in uncharted territory for them, and and uh, it really exposes a lot of the cracks. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Well, and Uncharted Territory is trying to trade off players at the deadline. Here we are now, just what, uh, four days, if you count today, uh, to the deadline. And the Cardinals have done nothing (laughs) um you know you and i were talking before the show i had expected to have at least one or two little bonus episodes this week because the cardinals would have made some sort of deal right they've got a lot of free agents they've got a lot of pieces it seemed like they'd have made something uh this week instead we're going into this last weekend with you know all these pieces still in place and some moves have already started to happen right the dodgers got Kelly and um, Lynn and you know, there's relievers going off the board. Um, There's, there's holding out for more and there's missing a chair when the music stops. Um, Yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts about the Cardinals not having done anything yet? Well, that's kind of like in our pre-show prep. Uh, I've made the comment that, we were always frustrated that they were honestly the ones that made the moves the latest mm-hmm. on the other side of it. You know, they, like I said, Montgomery, what was he, he, Montgomery Bader was announced after the deadline. Yeah. It was right. It was, yeah. It was really late. So you just by that mindset alone, you're wanting. I wonder how much they're wanting to, to maximize, maximize value. And it, Listen, I'm not saying that this is the move that I wanted to see make, but was Giolito the first call or was Flaherty the first call on that mm-hmm. move? You know, you just, you wonder. And Lynn, maybe. You know, the uh, you kind of wonder, you know, what phone calls are they doing? How hard of a par- bargain are they are they going to drive? And I'm just, my head is spinning in this whole situation. Because, of course, we have till Tuesday, so things are going to happen. I'm sure mm-hmm. things are going to happen this weekend. I'm sure things are going to happen Monday after the weekend series in all of baseball. You know, right. when things kind of slow down and get through the weekend, you just kind of figure yourself out. And let's make a move and let's let's see where we are. We know we have to make – we have to jump now. Um, I just yeah, – I, 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 I feel like I, – gosh, I'm sure we probably wanted to wrap up the show with this, but – Will Montgomery, Flaherty, and Hicks be a Cardinal on Wednesday? I don't think so. Okay. But. Okay, see, the, the but is what's got me right now. Yeah. I will tell you that. I think, my at least my but is, I think it's very possible that they ship them off for whatever they can get on Tuesday after missing out a better deal. Yeah. What do you, do you think? think? Do you think Montgomery's gone regardless? I do because the Cardinals, I mean, this week we hear this idea of 
they're reaching out to Hicks for an extension. And yeah. then we get this idea of, you know, they're reaching out to Flaherty for an extension, which didn't necessarily be seem to be that clear because they haven't really talked since earlier on, doesn't seem like. But still, there was never been a, they're reaching out for Montgomery for extension. They didn't do that in spring. They haven't done it now. Um, yeah. You know, unless they're keeping things close to the vest. I just, I mean, if you don't, you sign Jordan Montgomery to extension today or you trade him. And it doesn't no. seem like they're going to do that. Hey, do I, I, yeah, see, that's that's the oddity of the whole situation. Of uh, you know, everybody was like, "I wouldn't pitch him." Yeah, that's and I was like, "You know, I get it, I get it." But he did throw, and he threw hundred pitches. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, you know, that's not going to hurt the value. I get it, and and not there's a ninety five percent chance that he's gone. My issue with the Montgomery deal is that's the kind of guy they're going to try to sign, right? And you're thinking, is there anything going on thinking, hey, we're going to play over slot? I know Boris is tough, and he wants him to hit the open market. But are we going to see something just huge come to sign him before Tuesday that that was the move? Or maybe right after that they've been working on and Flaherty and Hicks are both gone? I, I don't – I'm not – that sounds extremely yeah. far-fetched. But I just I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case. I, that's the, that that's another reason I think there's a lot of holding on going on. I think they see that hey, this is the kind of guy that we're going to have to go sign anyway, and we have him here. I'm not a big fan of, or even a believer of, let him walk and we'll try to sign him again. Yeah, no. I, I mean, I, I can't even name the how many times that's happened. So no. yeah, I'm not I'm not certain. That's that's just kind of a gut feeling I have that I'm thinking, is he not the guy they're going to target? <laughs> And, and I mean, I get you're right. I mean, you're absolutely right on that. Um, but I just, I don't, I was very, I don't, I think if you were maximizing your trade value, you don't, you trade Jordan Montgomery before last night. Um, you know, because in theory, he could have made it one more, it's one less start that he can make for somebody, right? Yeah, no, um, agreed. You know, and I, I was really surprised. And I mean, you ran the, you run the significant risk because we just saw it a couple of weeks ago of having some sort of injury that keeps him here, you know, that you can't trade him because he's pulled a hamstring or, yeah. or worse, you know? And so I thought that was a lot more risk than we needed for the fact that this team isn't winning games um, and, and doesn't need to win games and is not focused on winning. It should not be focused yeah, you know, I mean, more than being competitors and trying to win a game, but that's not the the ending result for the front office. They don't care right now. They shouldn't care right now. Um, so yeah, I I mean, I get that. I mean, maybe that's the case. Um, I hope that I kind of hope that's the case, right? I hope that they sign. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. I mean, one, yeah. he's been very good, and two, that at least makes some of these moves make sense. Um, yeah. you know, if they wind up trading him. And especially if it turns out looking like, and it's hard to know. I mean, it's really hard to judge these kind of trades, you know, you know, right after they happen because they're going to look bad, right? You're trading for, you know, a couple of, but you know, Montgomery's got to bring back or Montgomery in a pro in a package, whatever that. I mean, he's got to bring back somebody that's just going to be helpful on the pitching side at least next year, if not yeah. the rest of this year. So, um, but if you're looking at if it looks like it's half off sale because everything must go, then that's going to make this look even worse. And it's going to make the front office look even more inept in this kind of thing. So, um, 
I'm hopeful that, you know, they've just got three or four bidders on the line. And that's one of the reasons that they, you know, had to let him pitch last night because they had three or four bidders and they couldn't make a deal by that. You know, they're trying to run, play people off of each other. But I also, I do wonder, I mean, I know there, there's a lot of need of pitching out there. Uh, and there's not a lot of neat, lot of really good starters. So I feel like they can move Montgomery, but it also feels like, you know, some of these things, maybe you're taking too long. Like Paul DeYoung, okay? Now there's some, there was something in, I don't know who wrote it. Hopefully it wasn't Denton. But um, that the Cardinals were at least considering not trading Paul DeYoung because Tommy Edmond is hurt and Brandon Donovan is hurt. Uh, yes, something that you and I talked about probably three weeks ago. Remember? Yeah, I said, are they going to pull this that he they're not going to trade him because they don't have him by play position? That's but go ahead. I, yeah. that, I I'm not yeah. sure who wrote it, but I did think the same thing. Well, and I mean, if you if you want, I mean, Dane, Dane Perry over at his Substack did make the point that there is a case for keeping Paul DeYoung, and and that's fine if you're keeping Paul DeYoung because. He's a good bat, uh, you know, a power bat, a good fielder. You're going to need somebody to back up, you know, next year. Uh, you know, of course, then you should be at least trading off a Tommy Edmond or a Brendan Donovan. Yeah, I, but, no, I agree. You know, because that middle infield is a mess right now, and it's going to get worse because Mason Wynn is coming. Quickly. 100%. Um, but, you know, but if you're not trading Paul DeYoung because – you need somebody to cover shortstop for two weeks. That's ridiculous. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, there's a, that's half the reason Taylor Motter's on this roster. Uh, and, and no, is Taylor Motter going to be, uh, you know, Paul DeYoung? No, but are you trying to win ball games now? No. So, you know, the idea that Paul DeYoung has to be kept because we need somebody to play shortstop. You've got Motter. Edmund is going out on his rehab assignment now. So he'd probably be back within a week or so, you know, those rehab assignments don't necessarily take a long time. Um, You've got Felix, or Felix, I did it again, Jose Fermin that you just sent down that you can bring back up at some point in time. I don't know when I'd have to see when that time period's up, but you can. Yeah. Um, and then there's Mason Wynn. And then again, I get there's a lot of arguments not to bring up Mason Wynn right now, and I can agree with a lot of them. And, and maybe we don't see Mason Wynn until September or at all. But if you can get something of quality for Paul DeYoung, <laughs> You do it, um, but and, yeah. Go no, go ahead. Go no, ahead. no, because I'm gonna go on different different way. So keep going. Well, no, and I was gonna say, like right now, you are probably at your at your peak trading ability with with Dion. He yeah. has more home runs than any of the three that were uh, that were free agents last year, being Bogarts, Turner, and uh, Swanson. And he's played a really good shortstop. Um, I think that you have to make that move right now. And I, you know, one, I think it, for it may be better for the young. I do think there's a way that they're going to talk themselves into keeping him for next year. But the one thing that, that could help or hurt is the fact that they don't have anybody right now in a situation like you were talking about. And I, that's not the way that they they need to approach this by, mm-hmm. Hey, we don't have anybody else, especially when you've waved the white, white flag. Right. Don't use that as an excuse. If you feel like you can have him cheap and that would be your best option, that's fine. But I think that you, if that's the case, then you have to clean up the middle infield of some sort. I would be completely happy with next year figuring out if you, let's just say you, you keep that you keep the young and move Edmund. Okay. I can kind of see that because mm-hmm. wind's going to be here soon. Um, but I, I worry, I don't want there to be a block of wind right now. 
by four of the four of the three who I would consider Gorman, Donovan, Edmund, and DeYoung. Yeah. If, if that makes any sense at all. I think yeah. you have to move some of that portion. And I understand two, two thirds of those one, maybe, uh, well, consider I'll be speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I'm, I'm thinking Gorman may be getting into untouchable territory mm-hmm. and Donovan's hurt. So I, I don't know, but I worry about that. I was going to pose that question to you. What's the likelihood D Young's the opening day shortstop next year? And I think it's rising. Now I will say it would be in, if we're talking about the front office being bumbling, which we have kind of been, it would be right in line with that for them to keep Paul DeYoung because they need somebody to play shortstop for two weeks and then decline his option at the end of the year. And sure. then we get absolutely nothing for him. Now, I sure. don't think they would do that. But, you know, when you're starting to come up with worst case scenarios, it seems like this club kind of hits them at times. And that would be fairly ridiculous. Um you know, I don't, I don't know. I do think, yeah, I think Gorman is probably, it, I think that would hurt. Uh, and now if you're getting a, an established yoga pitcher, you know, maybe you make that deal. I don't, I don't know. I could see that, but that's about the only way. And I mean, and there's not a lot of established young pitchers that are going to be out there for people to, yeah. to go get. Um, and, you know, if you're going to make that kind of deal, maybe that's an off season type of deal because the people that, you know, the people that are looking now are, need those pitchers, but maybe that's an option. Yeah. So whatever. But I, I don't I agree. I, I don't think you necessarily move Gorman for much. Um, you know, Donovan, I don't really want them to move because he's been very good. Um, and you're right. The injury does throw a wrinkle into that. That being said, it's obviously not stopped him from hitting. And if somebody's looking for, you know, has a has some time at DH and is looking for a bat that can come in and, and do that. And the fact that, okay, he's hurt now, but he's also going to be under control for another four years or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Uh, you, you still make, you might make that trade if you're somebody. Um, but I think you keep him. What what bothers me, and, you know, I think that Tommy Edmond has been a very fine player for the Cardinals. Um, I am also of the opinion that Tommy Edmond probably means more than the Cardinals or has more impact on the Cardinals than he would anywhere else. But, you know, you're reading these things. I think it was in Katie's article yesterday that put uh, Edmund basically as untouchable as Gorman and Donovan. And I like, that's ridiculous, right? I mean, if somebody will give you some value, some reasonable value, I'm not saying you sell him for 50 cents on the dollar or whatever the case may be, but yeah. if you can get reasonable value for Tommy Edmund, that solves so many problems. And, I get that Tommy Edmund is a good glove, but he's also a league average hitter, maybe. Um, and you've got all these other guys that are going to be playing that position, right? Like, so, I mean, that seems like the easiest way to clear up this log jam, but yet somehow he has become, he has become a more untouchable, it seems like, than Nolan Arenado. Um, so, and and that's, if that's the case, there is something seriously skewed in the front office. Well, yeah, a lot of these untouchables, that untouchable list is growing by the day. Mm -hmm. And like, to me, I really like Edmund, but there's an element that you could look at to where Edmund and Donovan kind of make each other redundant a little bit. Right. In a situation. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, the the one benefit you're going to have is is Donovan has more power and Edmund has more stolen base potential, but Cardinals don't run, hmm. you know, one of those types of deals. So, so it's tough. I mean, I completely agree. 
they, it, without win, I would say that I would probably be more comfortable with Edmund at shortstop than just about anybody. But, yeah. you know, the boxes are being checked in Memphis right now. And, I mean, I feel like that that he's coming quickly. So much so that, you know, if if all heck breaks loose after the trade deadline, he may be here quick, really quick. So, you know, I, I don't know. But I'm not so certain they're going to be that aggressive. No, and there's a case for when not to. I mean, some of it is, okay, he loses, He would probably lose his rookie year eligibility. So he couldn't be rookie of the year. He's not going to be rookie of the year this year. He couldn't be rookie of the year last year. And that's a small thing, but... It's something, and especially something now that you can get a draft pick for that, right? So, yeah, you know, if they could wait till even late September to keep his eligibility, there's that. There's also not on the forty man, so and he doesn't have to be added to the forty man this off season. So they could, yeah, you know that they could have a little bit more flexibility if they left him off of it and brought it, you know, with an idea that he's probably going to be your starter in, in um at the end of beginning of year next year, but that's when you'll add him and you'll figure that out later. So there's that as well. And there's also this idea. And, and for, for me, there's this idea that, you know, he is on a ridiculously hot streak right now. Right. Yeah. Um, it's, it's incredible. I mean, I actually turned on a Memphis game and he got out and I was surprised. Um, <laughs> but there's, he's going to, he's going to cool off at least somehow. That's just the nature of baseball. And I think it would be better for him to, you know, hit that cool streak in Memphis rather than come to the big leagues and I mean, he's going to have to make that adjustment anyway, and then yeah. maybe get you know maybe it's worse. And that's that. It's kind of like Jordan. You know, Jordan Walker had a had a pretty good introduction to the big leagues, but then still got sent down. Um, you know, maybe you you know let you know, let Win kind of come back to maybe some normal before you think about bringing him up. Um, now that thing said, maybe this is his normal in Memphis, and then you don't have to worry about it. But I just I if the front office leaves him down all year. I'm going to understand that uh, as much as I'd like to see him playing on the big league level. Um, heck, if they leave him at Memphis, I can actually watch him more um, the way my TV situation sure. is right That's now. So, which is just silly. Um, but um, so I get that, but yeah, to, and, and, and John Mose, like I said, maybe to his detriment that there's nobody's untouchable. Cause there's always a deal out there that would make you trade somebody. Yeah. Um, I don't think he does a really good job articulating that for some of these players, that deal has to be huge. That deal has to be ridiculous to the point that nobody's going to offer it. Um, but, it, you know, it might exist. I mean, if the Angels called up and said, you can have Shohei for Tommy Edmond, I think they would do that. Probably. Um, <laughs> so, you know, that kind of thing. So. I, I don't, I don't know, but the idea that, yeah, the idea that they really need to move somebody in that middle infield, but I don't think they see that because this, this front office has been hoarders forever, right? Um, they don't want to get rid of their outfielders because one, they're afraid of being short Two, they're afraid they're going to go be good somewhere else. Um, they don't want to, you know, trade any prospects, um, and then they wind up watch up with her on the vine. I mean, there's no reason that Juan Yepes should still be in this organization, right? I mean, it's not doing him any good. Um, yeah, it's not doing the Cardinals any good. I think the Cardinals have got him fifth or sixth on this on this depth chart, and even next year there seems to be little chance of, of Juan Yepes getting significant time. Um, so, you know, it is it just I don't know. I just feels like this. This front office 
I, I appreciate the conservative nature of the front office, but I think at times sure. they get a little too worried about that they're going to have to maximize the return or they're too worried about what's going to happen afterwards and they just don't make the deal. Now there may, and, and to be fair, there may not be anybody that's really looking for Juan Yepes, but I think that there's probably somebody, especially like a, you know, someplace that he could play. And I think that some, at some point in time, you just got to trade this guy to, even if it's to Pittsburgh or whatever, just so he can get some significant major league time and, and see what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh there's a lot of that. I mean, it's uh, we've been, uh, as long as we've done this show, we've always talked about, we want to see the one year that they are just super aggressive and do something. And uh, this just doesn't feel like even, even in, in a situation that's going to be that we think will probably be an outlier of being a, being a terrible team with this roster. And you think, and I mean, I, I think they will be good next year, but mm-hmm. this is one where you could kind of clean the covers a little bit and kind of move some of the stuff around and really reset and take a real shot next year. I just don't, that's just not their nature, you know, and it's, and, and there's, a part of me that that's a little worried about how that's going to, how they're going to approach it this, uh, this year. And uh, you know, it, it, it's one of those, I don't know. It's tough. You, if they don't, you almost want to see them fail. And I know that sounds terrible, but mm-hmm. it's like, this is your chance to kind of do some of these things. And a lot of it is cleaning out the roster, like a Yepes situation who is just not a right fit here. And that's no offense to him or the organization. It just didn't work out. Right. You know, one of those things. And, and sometimes I, I'm just, I, they, I'm worried that they just don't admit it. Yeah. And I mean, I don't, I'm not looking for this team to be the, the next Jerry DePoto or anything like that. No, agree. I agree. I, I mean, I want them to be cautious and I, I probably want them to be a little bit hesitant about trading off players just to trade off players. But there does come times where you don't need, you know, you're, this backlog is not doing anybody any favors. And yes, we have seen it where they could trade off, you know, you trade off an outfielder and all of a sudden two get hurt and you wish you had them. But you know, there's been more and more times where they've done something and, you know, these guys are just, just there. Right. I mean, you know, that, you know, I don't know, you know, would it do Alec Burleson better to play on a more regular basis, even though he gets to play quite a bit in St. Louis, would he play better regularly? Uh, You know, I don't, I don't know, but I think somebody would like to find out. And so, you know, again, one of these guys, a couple of these guys may go in some other sort of package, but it just it's it's concerning, and then the front office trade record is not necessarily great of being aggressive enough in these deals. Which gets me to a, a quote that I saw from Michael Gersh from a couple of years ago, I guess maybe last year or something. But the idea that, and I don't even remember, I tried to find it back on Twitter. I don't know who posted it, um, but that Gersh said, and this was when they were buying, right? they said they wanted to wait closer to the deadline because the new prices would be going down, um, that people would get anxious and stuff like that. And it's like, well, if you could tell that that's what people want to do, you know, and again, it does take two sides to do something, right? I mean, we don't know what the offers have sure. been. We don't know if they have said, hey, we're good on this. You sign off on it and we're waiting on, you know, Baltimore to say, okay, you know, we don't know that, but given all the pieces that they have and given that none of them have moved, it feels like it's, it's pretty obvious. It feels like you can draw the conclusion. Let's put it that way, that they are maybe holding out a little bit too long. Um, so, you know, that being said, 
after we say this. Are they going to make a trade right after this trade, this, after we drop this thing and, and we look really silly? It's, it would be, it, wouldn't that be par for the course? I mean, yeah, <laughs> yeah probably so. I, I'm, I'm hesitant. I'm hesitant to think anything gets done before Tuesday, maybe the off day mm-hmm. Monday, but, uh, but I'm not certain. And I, you know, and, and just, this is just true, true gut feeling. I do, do not think it's going to be, the movement's going to be as wide as possible. I hope that it's two of the three of, of Flaherty, Montgomery and Hicks. And I hope that Montgomery is the one that stays put, but you know, I'm not certain. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's none of them. I don't know why I feel that way. Well, I mean, cause we've, I mean, it wouldn't, I wouldn't rule it out either. I mean, I feel like I could easily see John Mozilla come out on at four o'clock on Tuesday afternoon and meet with the press and say, well, you know, at turn, you know, we, we at the end of the day, uh, the, the offers just weren't there. And, you know, we, we didn't, we believe in these players and we didn't, we didn't want to sell for the price that they were, you know, that, that and the market moved on us and blah, 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 whatever the case may be. Um, I, I mean, that's, I, that's not un, inconceivable, right? I mean, I can see that in my head. I can see John Mozilla yeah. sitting in the dugout saying things like that. Um, but I do, I do think they'll have to move. I think they know they have to move sure. some pieces of this. And again, that's my concern is that they know that there's a pressure to move these guys. And at some point in time, they're going to think they have an offer lined up for Jordan Hicks and that offer, because they didn't move on it fast enough, it's going to go away. And then they're going to have to scramble and try to find something else. Um, that's, that's my concern. Now, who knows? Maybe we're talking next week um, or any of the reaction shows that we might have, if they actually do make a deal uh, about how great the return is. Um, sure. But, you know, right now, as it's, as you sit here and with the limited information that we have, it, it's not looking great. Now, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There was a name that got put out there a little bit this week, and there was a little bit of pushback from the actual player. Uh, Ryan Helsley's name was mentioned uh, as a possibility. Even though he's on the injured list, he's supposed to come back or has the yeah. has the possibility. And I, I had to talk about Helsley with you. Um, you know, supposed to come back, I think, what, August 8th or 9th is when he could come back. I don't know that he'll be ready by then, but in, it's not, even though he's on the 60 day, it's not like a, he's done for the year necessarily. And John didn't wrote a piece that said, you know, and I, and I think we've seen Helsley's name before. So it's not like this is the first time up, but sure. he wrote the piece of Helsley's frustrated with the organization. The organization's frustrated with Helsley because, uh, you know, or, and Helsley's Helsley's mad because he lost his arbitration, blah, 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 stuff like that. 
and healthy basically comes out and retweets it and said, I didn't know I felt that way. Um, yeah. which, you know, it's, I don't know that anybody's expecting a lot out of John Denton's writing, but, um, it, is there a possibility? Do you think, it, I mean, not that, and I don't know. I mean, Helsley's coming out and saying that, and I, I imagine that if he does have aggravation for losing his his arbitration case, it's not as severe as it was indicated. But do you think there's an, a, a case to be made or a possibility that Helsley is is one of the ones that goes out? I, I yeah, I did. I, I and I still do. I uh, I kind of felt like any of the uh, any of the bullpen pieces or potential guys that that. Yeah, it, I, any of the, the the Hicks Helsley, I felt like could go pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes a lot of sense to trade trade on a high note. I mean, I would hate to see it happen, but you know, injuries have been an issue, and and uh, you know, there there could be a lot to go into that. You know, but no, it didn't necessarily surprise me that his name was mentioned. I I did wonder about that. I was like, I was glad that he responded. Um, you don't know if didn't may have gotten that by wind of you know, whatever agency he was with. Mm-hmm. You know, one of those type of situations, and and you never know. You never know the context of how those are said, but uh, but no, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, if he was moved. And and honestly, it may be a, a smart a smart move to make. I think I honestly expect that that idea of Hells being frustrated came from his comments right after the arbitration hearing, which was what four months ago. Yeah. Uh, and and he expressed it. And and I think we we saw his were lighter than Corbin Burns at the time. But he was yeah. a little bit frustrated with, you know, hey, you, you go in and you do well and the organization comes in and tells you you're terrible. And that may have been more of a commentary on, I think it's more commentary on the system than necessarily on the organization. But I can see where there would be a little bit of, you know, the, the, the relationship was damaged. But that's also been a while back. And, and again, I don't know that he's holding that as a huge grudge or anything, which is what the article kind of indicated. Um, I just I, the only argument I have against throwing is trading Helsley is I just don't I think his value is lower than it would be. I yeah. mean, you know, he hasn't pitched for a while, and I think you do better to hold on. I cannot imagine somebody's going to pay for what Helsley could be versus what Helsley currently is. And yeah. you know, if somebody is okay, but um, I wouldn't be more likely to hold on to him and you know. And move Gallegos perhaps if somebody's interested because Gallegos at least has been pitching and doing fairly well. And I don't think there's any need to necessarily have to trade Gallegos or anything. But you know, if somebody's looking for to pay high on a reliever, you know, maybe do that. If not, you know, you've got Gallegos and Helsley next year, and that's that worked out pretty well when Hicks wasn't pitching well. So um, I, yeah, I just I don't I don't imagine that Helsley's going to be one of those guys going out. But yeah, I mean, I guess it makes some sense. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, I, it's, it's weird to think anybody won't move, you know, especially yeah. on the pitching side of it. I mean, I, so yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not certain. I mean, it's, it's hard to wrap your head around everything that could happen right now. Yeah. There was one at one time, I haven't heard anything about it recently. So I'm guessing it's kind of going to go by the wayside, but there was one time, you know, Derek Gold reported there was American league team that was interested in Steven Matz. I mean, yeah. you know, and Matz has pitched well. And if you can get something for Steven Matz, I think you do it. Right. Um, uh, so the other thing that came out, I I don't know that it came, it's, it was more speculation, more, Hey, they didn't rule it out. Hey, whatever the Wilson Contreras thing, right? There's this idea that Wilson Contreras in theory could be moved. Um, 
again, I haven't heard a lot about that since it was first like, hey, I don't remember who mentioned it. It was one of the national writers. It may have been Jim Bowden, which that would explain a lot. Um, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So there, yeah. There, there you go. But the idea yeah. that he was on the trade block. Um, I think there's a, there's some logical reasons for that. But again, I can't see who's going to buy Wilson Contreras, you know, in the first year of his five-year deal. Yeah. Um, when, especially if you're looking for an actual, if you're not looking for just as bad. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, it, I, the, 100%, I agree with you on that, on the receiving side of it. And for the Cardinals to trade that, you you give up and you're never going to get another free agent to come in here. I, that made zero sense when I saw that. I was like, this, this that's just stirring crap, really, to be honest. And I mean, I guess it's it's prevalent this time of year, but yeah, it makes zero sense any way around. There's a little bit of wish fulfillment or in some of this art writing, I think. Not, not necessarily from the, but I think we want a big deal. We want a deal that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. You know, trading Jordan Hicks is not, I mean, it's interesting, for, especially for Cardinal fans. It's interesting and seeing what you're going to get, but it makes sense. And we are, and you're expecting that, you know, to, for, especially for the national media to be able to say, Hey, look, this could happen. And you didn't expect that, you know, people start thinking in different ways. And, you know, I don't, Again, if the, somebody came up with the Cardinals and said, "Hey, we'll we'll take him off your hands," they might do it. Yeah, um, especially with the because I think it's also. I mean, there is an argument to be made that much like Tommy Pham took a step up right after they signed Dexter Fowler, which then made Dexter Fowler not as valuable, and Fowler's struggles didn't help. Um, you know, I don't think the club expected Yvonne Herrera to make that kind of step up, right? I mean, he really looks, and especially in his limited time in the major league, has not necessarily discounted that, that he could be a starter as early as next year, right? Um, and you don't want to tie up your DH spot. You, Andrew Kisner has proven to be more than a capable backup. Um, you know, there's there's an argument to be made there, but you're right. I, I, the The optics around it are not good. Um, and I just, I can't imagine the value. So I, and that's one that you have not heard a lot of. So I think there's really not yeah. much there. Of course, it's also not as exciting. You know, if Nolan Arenado said tomorrow that he's not going anywhere, that he's not waving his no trade or Mo came out and said, we're not trading Nolan Arenado. The media might move on to Wilson Contreras. There, it's, it's, it's possible. Um, but you know, cause I think that it's that drama that the, the stories are the good stories, you know, but yeah. You know, as of right now, I can't imagine that that's being that well entertained. So, yeah, I think we're getting down to it. And there could be a lot of activity between now and, what, 3 o'clock Central Time on the 1st. But it's also looking like this is not the exciting deadline that we expected, which is sadly what we say every year. Just (laughs) Yeah. The different uh, perspective on it. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, and w- we both know there's going to be moves that have been made. They've they've t- they've broadcast that. We know what's going to happen to the uh, to the extent that we think may could happen. I'm still hesitant to think that that's going to go down. I mean, yeah. that's you know, it's we thought that they would be without Montgomery, Flaherty, um, Hicks, DeYoung, 
maybe one of the other infield pieces. If you were going to get aggressive, maybe Gorman, you know, yeah, Herrera, uh, one of the outfielders, we thought those are all guys that could be on the move and they were going to bring back pitching. And and it's one of those where I don't know if you can get a deal done with all those names involved in 72 hours. Yeah, because, I mean, again, it's a, you know, there's there's paperwork that has to be done. There's, you know, negotiations have to be made. There's everything has to be done by this deadline. It's not just a, you know, okay, we agree and it's done type of thing. It takes, there's some time that needs to be taken. And so, yeah, if you're not, if you're not really, really close, even by Monday, then you're probably not getting something done, especially with yeah. that many people involved. Um, because it does feel like the Cardinals are, are gotten down to where they're only going to make like, if they do this, they're only gonna make like two or three trades, right? They may put four or five people in a deal, but um, there's only a couple of trades they're probably going to wind up making now. Yeah. Um, and those bigger deals have different consequences. Um, the one name we have heard a lot this week that doesn't seem to be nearly as uh, protected as maybe we would think is Dylan Carlson. Uh, Carlson, who uh, has also taking this to heart a little bit, which is understandable as a guy that's only in his what third year, fourth year, uh, young guy. Um, and really should be in this spot, right? I mean, a guy like Dylan Carlson should not be having to worry about where he's going to be playing next. You would think yeah. he would be pretty established here. And yet it feels like almost every trade possibility has him included in this. Um, if the Cardinals do anything more than move those free agents, does Dylan Carlson go out? Gosh, I would think that he, at this point is the, there's the alpha that probably does go. Um, and that's, it's kind of sad to say, cause I'm not sure of the, the fair shake the whole time. Now, mm-hmm. you know, last year was pretty rough and I was pretty rough on him last year, but uh, you know, it, just as a fluid outfield and I don't get me wrong. I really like, like Walker. Mm-hmm. But man, when O'Neill came back, if you go O'Neill, Carlson, and Newbar, and you would have ran with that most of the year, I think that you'd probably be in a little bit better position as far as production goes. Now, I also know a lot of it has to do with O'Neill's health. Almost all of it has to do with O'Neill's right, health, right? Right. But uh, which is which is frustrating. But uh, yeah, that I when we heard the links with New York, which was a possible, with you know, has been a trading partner in the past as as soon as last mm-hmm. year with them. I kind of thought that that may be a deal that would go down. So. So, you know, kind of surprised it hadn't been announced yet, but you know, it, that his, I would, I, he's almost somebody I fully suspect to go. Yeah. I mean, again, feels like you've, you've sold him low and it feels like that's what the front office does. Right. I mean, they don't yeah. ever sell anybody on while they're on the upswing. Um, they just sell light. And it's, that's one of the reasons people like, Randy Rosarena come back and bite you because you didn't know what yeah. you had because you sold low. Um, and, and that kind of feels like that's possible. What would Dylan Carlson would do? I mean, maybe not. I mean, Dylan Carlson has a much bigger body of work than no, than Randy Rosarena. And there's an argument to be made that he's just not necessarily going to live up to that prospect type that we thought he had, but there's arguments made that he can't. I mean, we've seen some really good stuff out of him. Um, yeah. I, I would be really interested. I agree. I mean, you got to figure out a way to get Jordan Walker's in the lineup. Um, although it was fairly interesting that they pinch hit for him yesterday. Um, I'm not sure about that, but um, but you know, if you're going to have, especially if you're going to have Contreras not catch a lot of times, you can't just stick Jordan Walker in the DH spot forever. Um, 
but yeah, I, I, you do wonder how much better this pitching would be and how much better this record would be if you could have run. And again, Tyler Neal's health is, is one of the reasons you can't, but of an outfield of, of O'Neill and Carlson and Bader, I mean, uh, and uh, Newt Bar. I mean, you're catching a lot of balls there. Um, you're you're not prolonging innings that way. And um, I just, it would be nice to be able to see that. But again, how how do you square that with Jordan Walker's got to play somewhere? So I, yeah. I don't know because he can't play sure. first because, you know, you know, that's sure. probably about the only place, you know, in two years. I mean, I, I mean, after next year and you, maybe you don't re-sign Goldschmidt or you do with the idea that he's going to be kind of split time or something. I don't know. But you know, I mean, that's why, you know, Katie Wu was out this earlier this week pointing out that Jordan Walker may not be untouchable. Um, that maybe, you know, depending because he would bring back a whole lot and it's very possible that he just doesn't fit in this club. Now, I don't think that's going to happen. And she didn't think it was going to happen or anything like that. I'm not saying that this is an actual rumor, but if you look at it, you know, like objectively and say, who could be moved or who should be moved. I mean, it, it's, it's difficult to see how Walker fits into this, you know, smoothly into this thing, even over the next two or three years, if you don't want him to DH every day. Yeah. That's uh, I'm curious to see the, the growth in the outfield um, and how much they're willing to, to how, how patient they're willing to be on that, especially with the, with the idea of full contention next year. Not that he's the, the, uh, a difference. Yeah, not, not that that will be a make or break. Cause I think that there have been worse outfielders that have, that have, that have played and keep in mind, he has been thrown into this and that it started in fall, you know, essentially when he was yeah. playing every day in the outfield. Um, but yeah, I, I did wonder about that. I said, I was thinking, well, your outfit looks pretty good if he, if he can DH every day. And I don't know if that's necessarily going to be the fit. And that, that was another reason that I thought, well, maybe there is some more to this Arnado deal than we thought, because that would be a natural fit for him or, or Gorman to move that direction. So, so I don't know. I still don't believe it's possible, but, uh, and that's a move that I really hope they don't see late. Cause I really like Walker. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they definitely would. Well, I mean, you're going to have to, I mean, you're getting, you're trading Jordan Walker. You're getting back up. I don't know. I mean, like a really young, really, really good pitcher. Right. And I'm not yeah. even sure. Uh, I mean, it's just, I, I don't know. And again, I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, we haven't seen what the returns are, but, you know, the the confidence in this front office has taken quite a beating this year. Um, well, and over the last few years for some people. Sure. I, I'm not going to argue with that. Um, but definitely, I mean, not just because of what's on the field, but because of how they've done things. This whole Contreras stuff, all this, everything. So there is a a fair argument to be made that you don't want this front office making any sort of big deal, like a Nolan Arenado, like a Jordan Walker, because you're not going to get the deal, you're not going to get the return back that you should get for a guy yeah. like that. Um, and I don't, yeah, that, I, I don't know. Go ahead. You know that that's 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 the gut punch of this. You know what I mean? Is the uh, is um, Dave. How do I put this? They have uh, squandered any patient. Well, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. They've uh, their lack of movement or their patience has really dropped your confidence in them to an all time low. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean by that? 
Right. You know, it's just the, you know, the, the lack of movement and, uh, all that that we were told of, you know, just being, we're, we're patient, you know, we're, we're making sure this is the best gives you even less confidence that they're going to make the, the, the right move on this or, or the major move, major return move. Of, right. In, in something that they just haven't seen very often, you know, of a time where, Hey, you can move some of these assets. It's not going to hurt us right away, but the return better be pretty darn good. And I don't know if anybody thinks that they're going to get pretty darn good back. And that's, that's, that's tough. And this gets back to what we have. And a lot of people have said, especially this year, we've talked about it a number of years, um, that they don't have outside influences in this organization. Um, they've got a lot of guys that have spent a lot of time in St. Louis or, you know, Randy Flores played for St. Louis and I'm, I don't, I'm sure he went to other places, but you know, there's a lot of people that know the Cardinal way. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but I think there's a good, a good argument to be made that you need to have somebody in that front office that has spent a lot of time in, you know, on South side of Chicago or in Boston or in Oakland or someplace else that at least has a different way of approaching these things that you don't necessarily have to do what they say, but at least that may influence what you do do. You know what I'm saying? Um, We've, you know, we've talked about this, you know, and that's, and that's the kind of thing we're going to see because even if Mo leaves or Mo gets kicked up to, you know, super president of baseball operations or whatever the case (laughs) may be, and actually gets to do the stuff that he was going to do and, you know, big picture thinking and stuff like that, you know, it's either Michael Gersh or Randy Flores. And it feels like from what I've heard that Randy Flores may have the edge to take the actual president of baseball operations role, right? Gersh is GM right now and, and Flores may jump him. They may have some sort of uh, power sharing thing. I don't know, but what the case may be, both of those guys, Gersh has never walked anywhere else. Flores has never worked in a front office anywhere else. Um, both of those guys are going to kind of continue that same thing. Um, you know, I would like to see if that's the case, if they, if an opening comes up, I would really like to see them go outside of the organization to get that. And I don't, that's just not been, that's just not been the case. So I think it it does come back to to hurt you. I I don't, I think this front office does the best that they can. I don't want to argue with that. I mean, I think that they are doing what they think is good for the club and good for the organization. Um, but I think that if they had somebody that had a little bit different perspective on things, it might help a lot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, and I mean, it seems like you've been, uh, you've been banging that drum for a couple of years about mm-hmm. how, just how insular they are and how it may hold them back. And that may be part of the issue right now. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I, I, that's a very good possibility. I mean, it just, the Cardinals were on that f- front edge when they got Jeff Lunau into this organ started looking at, you know, developing prospects and, and stuff like that. But it feels like most of baseball has passed them now, right? They caught up to them and they've passed them. They're doing more stuff with analytics. They're doing, they're looking at things that value the players differently. Um, and, you know, the Cardinals have been, have been benefited from the fact that the NL central is a terrible division for quite some time. Um, not always. I mean, they've, there's been, I mean, this, this 20 year, 20 close to 25 year run now of, of, of good Cardinal baseball is not just because the NL central has been bad. There's been times where it's been good and things like that. 
But some of that fact that they haven't had a losing record since 2007 is because they've been able to beat up on some of these teams, right? Um, yes, sir. So I, I don't. I, it just feels like the baseball is passing this front office by, and they're going to have to need to do something to start at least catching up, if not trying to get to the to the front of it. Now, and what that is, I don't know. I don't know what the new. Uh, frontier is and that was one of the things John Mozeliak was supposed to be doing when he moved to the president of baseball operations is looking at the bigger picture and looking at the future and he's never been able to really do that because you know COVID and other things like that and he just hasn't gotten away from the day-to-day so you know maybe that's maybe that's what he can do and maybe he can get us going that way somewhat but I think sure. they need new voices to to help them that yeah, that would, which makes a ton of sense. I mean, that's, uh, and I think that everybody would agree with that. <laughs> yeah. So again, we're recording this Saturday morning. Uh, the Cardinals play tonight. Um, they've got until Tuesday. If you were to make a pick about, because I think I think we both agree they're going to make at least one trade. It may not be a big trade, maybe something, but they're going to make one trade. I mean, Chris Stratton is not going to be here, right? I mean, he has. To, I mean, yeah. For his really? sake, for his sake, yeah. he probably shouldn't be because it feels like he's pitching every night here. Um, yeah. If you were to make a pick on when the first trade or only trade will get made, when do you think it happens? I'm going to say Hicks to the Rangers on Monday. I, that's a really good. That's probably that's probably right. Uh, I think. There's been a lot of talk about Hicks to the Rangers. This Ranger makes a lot of sense. Um, and I don't, I mean, there's a really good argument to be made that they're just going to that off day. Um, I hate, I, I really hope they don't. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think probably late morning, probably. Probably. Uh, probably yeah. around there. That's where you're probably yeah. looking at that deal. Well, and like your, um, uh, um, uh, your Stratton's Gallegos, some of the guys that we think maybe move that are bullpen pieces that are always moved. Mm-hmm. Those are, you'll probably hear those throughout the day on Tuesday. But I would think the big move comes Monday, and I bet it's Hicks. I, yeah, Hicks and Flaherty are the two. I, I, I just have a gut feeling about Montgomery, and I'm probably going to be completely wrong on that. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, I, I don't know. Hicks, Hicks is the low hanging fruit for me, honestly. Yeah, and I won't go yeah. any more on that. I just. Yeah, do you do you think though the only the only way I would say only thing the wrinkle I would throw into that because I do think that's a real good pick and I don't have a better one um, is do you think they package Hicks with Flaherty or something and I don't know maybe the Rangers still get them both um, yeah. but do you think Hicks goes with somebody or does he go by himself? Oh man, I hadn't thought about that. I guess that that would be a possibility for a bullpen piece. I don't know. I'm not certain we see the, the – I, I consider the big three arms that they're going to deal mm-hmm. are Hicks, Flaherty, Montgomery, and I think that those probably stand alone. As far as – they don't right. go with each other. Right, what I'm right. Saying. Yeah, yeah, I get you. But I would not be surprised if they go with somebody else. You know, like you put a Carlson maybe in that with, with Hicks, and that's probably a pretty good return. May not yeah. be a need for the Rangers. I don't know. I'm just that. Right. I'm just saying a name. but Right. Right. Um, I think, I think, I think there's a possibility. I've been talking about this with, with David Jones, who does gateway with me. Yeah. Um, and I think there's a possibility they do put Montgomery and Flaherty together, depending on the who. Now, 
some of that was it made sense for the Dodgers who, you know, needed a couple of pitchers. Yeah. Um, so maybe not, maybe there's not a team out there that needs like those two guys now, but you know, if you're trying to get back one, you're trying to get back pitching in general, but two, you're trying to get back pitching. That's either in the majors or close to the majors from a contender. Yeah. You may have to put two of those guys together to get a piece like that. That's ready. Very for true. Year. That's very true. Um, yeah. That's uh cause that's that, that's uncharted waters about what they're right. what they're trying to do to get somebody immediately back pitching on pitching. That's tough to do. Yeah, yeah, it is. So, um, all right. Well, at least if nothing else, we have Adam Wainwright making his final start against the Cubs today. Um, I, so we'll have something that's not trade. We've gone an hour plus now talking the trade down. Let's talk just just briefly. What do you think? I mean, we saw Adam Wainwright come back and look a little bit more like Adam Wainwright in Arizona. Um, what do you expect out of, out of Wainwright today against the Cubs in his final time? Probably more of the same. I, I could see him throwing pretty well today. It would not, it wouldn't surprise me at all. If the next, you know, two and a half months are really good for him. Yeah. yeah and that's kind of what we had talked about in the beginning. If he comes back, you could see him, him, uh, um, you can see him going out on a high note. Now, whether that high note is five to six innings or not, but you know, with, with him, I mean, he'll throw in a complete game on you out of nowhere. <laughs> and I mean, that, that would just, that would be a storybook ending for me if he finished strong. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, it's definitely going to be kind of, I mean, not that it hasn't been in the past because Wainwright's had a lot of control, but it's really got to be difficult from after the trade down line, especially to tell Adam Wainwright, you're not pitching the sixth inning because you're at a hundred pitches. If he feels as yeah, I'm not so I mean, that's, you know, yeah. it's like, what are you going to do? I mean, you know, he's not pitching next year. You're not going anywhere. You know, if he wants to pitch six innings, let him, I hope they let him, I hope they find a way to get him some at bats, honestly, uh, in, in, in August, give us, you know, let him pinch hit a couple times at a game that's out of, out of reach. Um, see what he can do. Um, I don't know if Ollie Marmol can take that kind of less than, hundred percent attitude in there. And, and I mean, that's, I'm not, I'm not dis, disagreeing with that, but you know, and I, and I may not even be all moral. I just don't know how many people in baseball could say, okay, we're not winning this game. So I'm going to let my starter go. However long he wants to go. I'm yeah. going to let my pitcher pinch hit. You know, I don't, I mean, you get some of that in like the last week of the season, but can you see some of that in like August? I, I don't know. I feel like I hope though. I mean, again, I'm not saying Adam Warner needs to pinch hit in a, three to two ball game with a runner on second or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if it's, if it's like last night, well, not last night. Cause that one was actually close. What was it? Night four last. Some of those games where it's like, you're down five or Absurd. six. Yeah. Yeah. You're down five or six in the sixth or seventh inning. You know, it's the last time somebody's coming up, you know, let, let, well, let, let him hit, you know, use Wainwright's pinch hitter, you know, at, at least until he gets a hit. You know, yeah. letting him let him go out with a with his final hit. I know he wanted to hit two hundred in his career. That's just not going to happen. But you know, let him walk off. You know, get a hit and pinch run for him. You know, whatever the case may be. I I think that in the last two months of the season, right, you've got to find things that are interesting for the fans, without a doubt. And having Adam Wainwright, you know, be a potential pinch hitter, having Adam Wainwright throw every fifth day, you know doing things like, you know, I don't know, you know, calling up Mason Wynn is one of those things. Again, there's arguments against it, but you know, stuff that, okay, we're not winning. 
So let's have some fun with this. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the Cardinal organization can have fun with things like that, but we'll see. Sure. Um, we will see. Hopefully we see some of that. I'm going to say that Adam Wainwright gets 199 tonight, though. Or that's nice. what I'm, okay. I'm going to go with that. I'm going to yeah. say it may only be five innings, um, but I think that one, the Cardinal, the Cubs have won too many games in a row. It's time to end that win, losing that winning streak. Adam Wainwright's going to be the stopper. Six innings, two runs, and the Cardinals win like six to six to two. Yeah. Like so. Good. Now that you know what's not going to happen tonight, we will <laughs> call it a day. Um, yeah. uh, Alan and I will be back with you next week. Again, if trades happen this week, um, even if a trade happens today, we may uh, probably put out some sort of reaction uh, podcast. But if it happens Sunday night, you'll just have to listen to Gateway. Uh, but any other time, we'll put out a reaction podcast on this, this feed. So maybe have a little bit of bonus content this week. But until next week, for Alan, I'm Daniel. Good night. Good night. Is there any point where that... Well, I think right now I can tell you that we're going to trade people. I just don't know if it's going to be like household names or, or more of guys that just aren't likely going to be here next year.